I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the team to get back to work. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you are downloading your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation, and it means a lot, especially if you're watching on YouTube. Do me a favor. Become a subscriber. It's easy. It's free. Hit the red subscribe button, and when you hit that thumbs up, you send this show to a whole nother level. Don't forget to hit that as often as possible. And Locked on USC, part of the Locked on Network, we come at you five times a week, Monday through Friday. Hit that bell notification button, and you're not going to miss an episode. So, USC's fall camp opened last Friday. They worked for three days straight. By Sunday, they had the pads on, going at it. Monday, day off. Tuesday, day off. I'm ready for them to get back to work. Uh, I'll be there Wednesday when they resume practice. Uh, Look, I understand why Lincoln Riley wants to keep his practices. um, I I use the the, the phrase, uh, under the the cone of silence. We were there, the media was there on Friday. We were shut out uh, the next two days. But look, like I said, I understand why he does it. He wants his team's focus, attention, and to, you know, just make sure everybody is understands what the goal is without any distractions whatsoever. And he can talk more freely without the media hanging on to every word, looking for every every little action. But I think there has to be some sort of happy medium out there somewhere, right? I mean, we're, the media, we're out there for 15 to 20 minutes on the first, first day. Very appreciative. We love it. Um, but then, zip. Nada. Nothing. Over the next two days. Saturday and Sunday. And then the team gets off Monday and Tuesday, you know, which is fine, I get it. Their bodies need some time to recover. I'm not complaining about that. But, um, you know, the Sunday, the team was in full pads. Nobody was there to see it. I'm just as interested as everyday Trojan fans, you know, wanting to see how physical that session was. You know, who's starting to find their way into the too deep. And look, I'll be honest. Um, I'm not sure it really makes a ton of difference who slotted where this early in fall camp. But it, it does kind of give you a sense of who who the early leaders are um, and where, they're proje- where they might be projected to be playing. Uh, however, again, there, since there are no injuries allowed to report, and as a reminder, you know, we're not allowed to talk about any players we see wearing yellow jerseys. Uh, quarterbacks, they wear them. So, you know, we could always say, hey, uh, Caleb's wearing a yellow jersey. Those are the non, no-contact jerseys. So if a regular player is wearing them, Lincoln Riley doesn't want us mentioning it unless he talks about a player specifically being injured. So if we can't talk about those players who are wearing the no-contact jerseys, the yellow shirts, um, if I'm giving a practice report 
you know, is a player ahead in the rotation, uh, are they there on merit? Or is that person just kind of keeping the chair warm for that, that injured player to come back? It, it kind of makes the, you know, the fans have to kind of connect the dots and figure out what's really going on there behind the scenes. Well, when it comes to my practice reports, my notes and observation reports, here's a general rule of thumb for everybody going forward. Um, I'll phrase things very carefully. I choose my words. I select my words with a purpose. Um, and that's to kind of offer a hint um, if someone's limited, for instance. Those are keywords. Uh, or here's here's something for the fans to use. You know, if you want to put on your Sherlock Holmes hat, and if myself or we are SC, you know, we shoot some video and we put it out there. If you see a position group doing their drill work, look for the person who's not there. And then um, that, that'll give you an idea of who was available and who's not. And then if you ask a question, either here on YouTube in the comments section, you can ask me on Twitter. You also know where to find me when I'm not on Locked on USC. It's over there on wrsc.com. I'll answer the question uh, to the best of my ability without, you know, breaking any rules. Now, when the team does reconvene on Wednesday, um, I anticipate the, them coming back out in full pads. So watch, they'll come out. <laughs> Shorts, helmets, shells. I'm assuming they'll be in full pads on Wednesday. I'm hoping. And I, they'll also be on Dado Field, the baseball field again for the first part of practice uh, again as well as it's going to be starting a half hour earlier than this past Friday. Now, when I'm out there, I'll be peeking at the offensive line guys again, um, especially if the uh, the viewing portion is the same where they, they stick the media uh, there in the stands. It's kind of right there between Howard Jones Field, where the offensive line guys go work with the sled, and the, and the baseball field. It's actually a nice viewing location. Uh, and that way I'll see if I can notice any rotation giveaways that I can talk about in, in my next notes and obs observations report from practice. Uh, obviously, I think everybody wants to know, is, is Bear Alexander still limited, or is he, is he suited up? Is he, is he chasing after guys? After practice, uh, for on Wednesday, the selected defensive players and assistant coaches, as well as Coach Riley, um, they'll be meeting with us in the media after practice. Let me explain to you how that works, what, how the players are selected. Uh, at the beginning of each week, uh, the credentialed media, uh, the websites, we're, 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 sent, uh, we're asked to send in a list of players um, that we'd like to interview. We send that in to the sports information department. Now, obviously, there's a lot of the same names end up being picked. So you're never going to see me submitting a name, Caleb Williams' name. It's just, it's not necessary. I am going to assume someone else is going to submit his name uh, for that week. But wouldn't it be funny if nobody asked one week for Caleb? 
I mean, then all of a sudden it was like, where's Caleb? How come he's not being interviewed this week? Anywho, uh, for what it's worth, I asked for two guys on offense and two on defense this week. I asked for Tyrone Tulaney and Bryson Shaw. Uh, Tyrone wasn't at USC Media's Day, and I didn't get a chance to talk with uh, Shaw uh, with regards to Alex Grinch and his relationship. Last season, when Bryson and I spoke, one, one of the times we spoke, he told me that, hey, you know, the film doesn't lie. He's one of those 100% accountability guys. So I want to follow up with him uh, with his, you know, about watching the offseason film and what he saw and, you know, how much of it was on the players and how much of it, you know, was was maybe the coaches coaching could have done, things could have been done differently from the coaching standpoint. He's a pretty candid guy, so that's why I want to talk to him. And then uh, I asked for Mason Murphy and Cooper Lovelace for uh, for Thursday when we talked to uh, Lincoln Riley and the offensive assistants. And the reason why I want to talk to Mason is his window is now. Um, you know, I, I he, he I'm sure I don't I'm not telling him anything he doesn't know, but I think at this point he's got to understand that if he's not fighting if you know becoming a starting tackle, um, his turn his time may never come. And then as far as Cooper, he's a funny guy. He's one of the funniest guys on the team. He's a really fun dude to talk with. And, you know, he's one of those guys who doesn't get enough shine as much as the other guys. So why not? Well, let's see what Cooper has to say. And I know he's a pretty fiery guy. He's really competitive. He's a vital part to uh, what's hopefully going to be, you know, a championship team for USC in 2023. Now, for every championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. So guess what? It's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle because every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. All you have to do is you're just going to add your ride to my garage. Then look for your green check mark, and that way you're going to know the part's going to fit. Or you're going to get your money back. It's that simple. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. So for this segment, if you're looking at the rundown, I want to focus on the Rush Edge um, group. The group that's supposed to make Alex Grinch's defense work. And then the third segment, if you can see, uh, I got some information on USC's athletic director search. So stay tuned. First of all, again, we're going to talk about maybe the most important position uh, as far as Alex Grinch's speed defense. What makes it work? <clears throat> like, 
you know, like I said, I think there's a reason why Lincoln Riley likes to keep everything under lock and key. Um, we typically, the media typically doesn't get to see, um, you know, when they're going 11 on 11 or 7 on 7, those type of things. The media usually doesn't have access to that. Um, but in the past, I've talked about how the defense might be going through a transition this year. If you've watched any of the, you know, all of you everyday viewers know I've talked about this. Um, there's going to be some tweaks uh, to the defense this season. On yesterday's episode, I mentioned the size of some of the incoming freshmen. Uh, look, getting bigger is great. In fact, it's awesome. USC needed to add more size to their roster on the defense. Uh, they were just getting bullied as the year went on. Um, but depth is going to help that this year as well. But here's the thing. As I keep saying, Alex Grinch uses a speed defense. These guys, Anthony Lucas, Braylon Shelby, DJ, David Peavy, these guys are bigger than Romello Height, Sam Green, Jamil Muhammad. I'm starting to think that um, they look more like defensive ends made for a 4-3 type of a line. I, I'm not saying that's where they're going, but when you look at those body types, they typically, you know, again, the the Shelby's and and the PV's and the Anthony Lucas's, they look more like defensive ends than speed guys. They're definitely much, much bigger than Sam Green and Romello Height. Solomon Bird and Anthony Lucas, those guys definitely can play defensive end. Uh, look, my opinion. I'm saying it, of course, it's my opinion. I think Braylon Shelby eventually is going to grow into a first-round defensive end. He's 17 years old, and he, he, his body is just going to naturally mature and keep getting bigger. And I, I can't wait to see what he looks like next year. Same thing with Peavy. He, he doesn't look like a rush end. He looks more like USC's starting to build like a 4-3 front. So... The thing about the the edge rush, the rush edge, uh, rush end, and the defensive end is those those positions are are, are similar. They overlap in, in in many aspects. Remember in my uh, practice report um, from from yesterday's episode, I talked about how popular uh, Roy Manning must feel, Coach Roy Manning. Well, at USC's media day, because we're talking about the rush end, the edge, you know, the group he. He, he tries to develop. Um, he, this is what he had to say. I'll tell you what. This is my 14th year of coaching college football, and man, this is probably the most excited I've been about my room just because I've got guys that are close. They're all very hungry. They push each other. They're all students of the game. They, all, they always want to watch extra, do extra. They really make me earn my paycheck. And he continued, I'm chomping at the bit, and that's how it should be at this level. We should have guys that we feel good about. It's only year two, but I'm dang excited about this group. I can see why. You know, when you, again, 
when you look at the the roster this year and you see these guys, it's it's significant, it's noticeable, significantly different than what the team looked like last year. So credit to Benny Wiley, strength and conditioning uh, group, uh, as well as recruiting bigger, faster, stronger players. Here's something else that Coach Manning believes. He thinks he might have four starters in his group. I'm looking, this is one of his other quotes, I'm looking at those guys here at SC, and they need to take that to heart. That position needs to have an impact. I said that a year ago, and we didn't get it done. In my opinion, that's something that motivates me as a position coach. So look, I've said it, Alex Grinch has said it, the fans have said it, the players understand it, Roy Manning gets it, everybody understands that position group in year two has to step up. There are no more excuses. They have all the right parts. You know, and he's got enough guys to work with now where if one guy does go down with an injury, there's another three starters behind him. Hopefully. So there you go. The edge rushers, um, with, with the additions that they brought in, as well as the guys who are returning from last year. Now, is Tyrone Delaney, is he going to be an edge rusher? Is he going to be, is he going to be a defensive end? Again, that position, those two positions, they, they kind of, they overlap, I guess is the best way to put it. They have similar skill sets. So during fall camp, you're going to see those, those guys shuffling back and forth between those two position groups. With the exception of probably Corey Foreman, I think that experiment has ended. He's uh, Sean Nua is in charge of him this season. So, I want to get this personal note out of the way for all of my Locked On USC viewers and listeners. I'm going to give you another chance to meet me in person. Back by popular demand, as well as uh, I think their, who they had originally scheduled wasn't going to be available. I'm going to be at the Trojan Tuesday Club, August 8th, located at the Cabrillo Yacht Club. You should get out there. Beautiful setting. Again, it's right there on the marina, overlooking the ocean. Sunset. You can check it out. You can sign up RSVP over there on Facebook. Trojan Tuesday Club. I'll be out there. I'm going to give a, a practice report. And I also have some other stuff in those types of settings that I like to talk about um, where I can be a little bit more free. <laughs> um, stuff that I can talk about privately that I can't talk about publicly where I can tell everybody, hey, Vegas rule in effect. What I say here stays here. Now, in this segment, as you can see, I've got some information on USC's athletic director search. I, I had someone, you know, a source reach out to me today. Someone who's pretty close to the situation. This individual would know if this happened or not. So, there was rumor out there. Well, it's been confirmed. UCLA's athletic director, Martin Germond, He's interviewed for that vacant spot at USC. It's true. 
and if you're wondering why he would be interested, um, yeah, if you're if you're listening and not watching, I'm rubbing my fingers and thumb together. It's all about the money. It's all about the Benjamins. The fact of the matter is, UCLA's war chest of funds, it just isn't as deep as USC's. And, you know, at UCLA, basketball carries their football program. And it shouldn't be that way. Can't do that. Basketball, it, look, I love basketball. But it shouldn't be the most popular sport at your university. Football should always be there. It pays the bills for everybody, for all the other programs. And it's going to be the same thing when USC and UCLA arrive in the big conference in 2024. That is a football conference first, basketball second. Although basketball is probably right there. It's right underneath. And I think that's going to be great for USC. I mean, how funny would it be to see USC and UCLA arrive in the big conference in 2024 and then all of a sudden have athletic director Martin German just walk down the street to USC and take over? <laughs> that would be hysterical. I would, I would love just to spend a day listening to UCLA fans for their reactions. I think it would be awesome. And uh, there's another candidate who has been interviewed. And I'm hoping that Pat Narduzzi doesn't find out from someone who might be watching this episode of Locked on USC. However, the Pittsburgh Panthers athletic director is in the running as well. Yes. Her name is Heather Like, L-Y-K-E. So is it Leaky? Like? Pitt Panthers athletic director... Heather Like was named the Cushman and Wakefield Athletic Director of the Year this year by the National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics. Leakey was a finalist, among others, was the Athletic Director from Utah, Mark Harlan, Jamie Pollard from Iowa State, and Gene Taylor from Kansas State. USC fans might recognize that Mike Bone, the guy who is being replaced, he won the award in 2021-2022. So, maybe USC is looking to replace one winner with another. We'll see what happens. In other news, so there you go. That's, that's what I have on the athletic director, director search. But, just know that information is coming from someone who is connected, who would know. This isn't just some random speculative rumor out there. In other news, Pac-12 news, and look, I know I shouldn't enjoy the chaos, <laughs> but I am a little bit. I, I told you, there's a little part of me that kind of has a little, little bit of sympathy for those guys. But it's just a matter of time before Arizona's basketball program and their football team uh, tell everyone they're heading on over to the Big 12 Conference. Well, everyone knows Arizona's value was hoops. And the Big 12, you got Kansas, you got, then you add Arizona, you got Baylor hoops, Houston, Cincinnati, 
Iowa State. There's some good basketball programs in the Big 12. You know, it's it, I call them the ACC of the Plains, especially if Arizona jumps in. But the what's going to happen to the rest of the Pac-9 conference? We're starting to get... I think those guys are starting to see the light and they're reacting and they're lashing out. Oregon Ducks football head coach Dan Lanning, uh, he was asked about Colorado's departure to the Big 12 conference recently. Not sure why it came up. It did. This is what coach Dan Lanning said. Quote, not a big reaction. I mean, I'm trying to remember what they want to affect this conference. Do you remember them winning anything? I don't remember them winning anything, end quote. I know what spurned sounds like. I've been there. We've all been there. That sounds like a man spurned lashing out because he feels left out. And oh, by the way, guess who Oregon opens up their conference slate against this year? That's right. Colorado comes to Eugene for their for uh, Oregon's first conference game of the season. I guess that's one way to uh, get people to subscribe to the Pac-12 network, at least for a week, right? I'm not here to stand up for Colorado. <coughs> Pardon me. But, you know, their one win that they had in 2022, it's earning them a much bigger Big 12 payday than... Uh, Oregon's getting left with in the Pac-9 conference. Jason Shear, uh, who covers the University of Arizona for Wildcat Authority, he's been all over this. Um, as well as, you know, John Canzano and others in the media who, who have really good sources um, that do good investigative work. I'm not an investigative reporter, never Never, don't intend to be either. Uh, however, news broke that Pac-12 commissioner George Klyovkov is finally ready to present a TV rights deal uh, to the nine Pac to the nine members of the conference within the next 48 hours. That's why I'm saying you Arizona's getting ready to make their move. Uh, details on the potential media deal for the for the Pac-9. Uh, they're starting to, to emerge. And those numbers would put the conference below the poverty belt. It would be bad. Uh, anywhere between 20 to 22 million per school, and most of that's going to be coming from streaming rights. Obviously, there's going to be some escalator cause, clauses in there that uh, Commissioner Klyovkov is going to want to build on. But there's no linear TV deal being bandied about. Now, the Arizona Board of Regents, they've got a scheduled, they have scheduled an impromptu meeting for tomorrow, which I guess is Tuesday. And they're expected to, um, which is expected to happen after the Pac-12 proposes their numbers for the new television contract. What's interesting is the, uh, the, the Board of Regents for Arizona, the state of Arizona, 
they oversee both Arizona and ASU, Arizona State. So let's just cut to the chase. Let's assume the four corner schools are going to the Big 12. Colorado's already there. Arizona, Arizona State. And I would think Utah is going to run as quickly as, as they can to say, we want in as well. So then what happens to the schools up in the Pacific Northwest and the Bay Area? Well, if you're the big conference, you know, who's more attractive? Stanford and Cal? I know which way the, the school presidents of the big conference feel. Or if we're looking at it just from, you know, an athletics standpoint, are the three smaller schools in Washington from the Pacific Northwest, are they more attractive than the two Bay Area schools? Yeah, I want to let that little dig set in there. Look, Oregon State, Washington State, they know their roles. And they know where to stand in line. It's Oregon who can't accept their fate in life. That's why I said, you know, the three smaller schools and Washington. Look, if Dan Lanning's going to spit fire, why can't I? Look, everybody... I think everybody's at the point of every man for themselves. And whatever's left by the end of this week, I think you're going to start to see things shake out. Um, the Pac-12, it's dead man walking. It's over. USC had the foresight to get out as quickly as possible. Colorado said, you know what? We ain't waiting around for any numbers. Arizona's pretty much one foot out the door, which means everybody else is starting to pack their bags as well. All right, I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow because we come at you five times a week, Monday through Friday. I've got my feelers out there looking for some inside nuggets, and whatever I have, I'll have it for you here on Locked on USC. So... Until then, everyone, you know what to do.